Yo, Big D back with a Friday edition of the Big D Podcast. Before I bring in today's guest, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We're back at it this week. So check out the uh, Big D Podcast for all your audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So joining us to talk all things Baltimore Ravens is the uh, host of the uh, Chom City Heavyweight Podcast, uh, Matt Trigger. Matt, I can't believe I'm saying this, but could Lamar Jackson's days in Baltimore be numbered? Yes. Uh, thanks for having me on, Dylan. I appreciate you reaching out, man. Um, I do believe that his days are numbered here in Baltimore. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that it's gone this way, but that is just the way things go sometimes with business. Um, I'm trying to look at it objectively as a fan, even though I'm a Ravens super fan. I was a fan before Lamar Jackson got here. I'll be a fan when he's gone. Um, it's just an unfortunate situation, and I believe a lot of it has to do with the fact that he does not have a agent to handle a lot of this you know ongoing business so uh what are the positives and negatives with having the more as baltimore school back talked about the positives first okay the positives are 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 mostly uh already known he's a great quarterback he's a fantastic athlete he might be one of the best raw athletes in all of the nfl he is universally respected in the city in terms of off the field, you know, endeavors. He's not a, a headache or a problem by any means. Uh, he, you've got to account for his arm as well as his legs when he's on the field. He's a dynamic player. We, we, you know, traded up back into the first round of the 2018 NFL draft and, uh, to get him and he's won a lot of football games for us and there's no no denying that there it's just he's he's so unique in how you have to defend him and teams have had to game plan not only for him as a quarterback but as another running threat on top of an already established powerful running game from the running back side and the negatives well, the negative is the first thing is his contract. What do you do if you got if he plays on the if he plays on the franchise tag? You're looking at paying him forty five million dollars this year. The Ravens have twenty seven million dollars in cap. Problem that that the math is not adding up there. So you're already fifteen or seventeen or eighteen million dollars in the hole. So now you got to start cutting players. The Ravens have gone through this before. In 2001, they let Trent Dilfer walk after the Super Bowl and paid Elvis Gerback a lot of money to be our quarterback, and he retired after one year and left us in cap hell. 2012, Joe Flacco goes and wins the Super Bowl. We pay him 120 over six years, and we lost five starters on the defense plus Anquan Bolden to free agency. So if you pay Lamar, this contract, you're going to cut a lot of viable veteran pieces and you're going to let some guys walk that are up for contracts. And at that point, you're gutting your whole team again. And 
everybody's complaining that Lamar doesn't have weapons. Well, how do you have weapons and how do you pay for, you know, go out and pay for bona fide wide receivers if you got to pay your quarterback $45 million and you're cutting eight or nine players to make him fit under the salary cap? It's hard, but I mean, you look at the Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl and yet they paid Pat Mahomes. I mean, a lot of teams have either paid or will pay their stall quarterbacks. Okay, I mean, Mahomes has won himself a, a championship, yes. He's won two championships. He's been paid. But he has a 10-year deal for a half billion dollars, but only 165 of that's guaranteed. He didn't ask for a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed deal in excess of what Deshaun Watson was paid. So it's not financially possible to accommodate all that. And Lamar in his camp thinks that he's worth a certain number and we're not meeting it right now or else he'd be signed. This should have been handled two years ago and he should have been paid right around the same time Josh Allen got paid. And here we are. It you're you can't you can't pay one person and then cut twenty percent of your team loose because of that massive contract. Lamar's going to complain that he, the you know not complain, but the fan base is going to complain that Lamar doesn't have weapons. Well, when you're paying your quarterback fifty million dollars. And you've got $150 million sunk into the secondary and the defense. You don't have, there's only so much money to go around. And the Ravens aren't going to nuke their salary cap the way that the Los Angeles Rams did. The Los Angeles Rams went all in. They won a Super Bowl. That's, that's what they wanted to do. But look at them now. They're cutting every veteran that they have. They're talking about trading them one of the best cornerbacks in football. They're, they have no quarterback right now that's healthy. There's a possibility Stafford will retire. So it's it's a it's a mess. You don't want to you know the Ravens aren't going to do that. They're not going to spite themselves just to pay one guy. And I don't blame them. You can't do it. You, you got to be competitive. The AFC North is only going to get better. Deshaun Watson's going to have a full year next year. Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in football, and Kenny Pickett showed signs of being a competent quarterback. Have the Ravens given the Wall Jackson enough weapons? Because we've seen some of these teams. The Bengals drafted uh, Jamal Chase, Joe Burrow's lieutenant at, uh, with the Bengals. Uh, the Chiefs have given Mahomes all these weapons. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles went on and got uh, A.J. Brown. Have the Ravens given them all enough weapons? Uh, that's a that's a, a complicated question. It's a yes and no because they went in 2019. They went and drafted Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown. He wanted Marquise Brown. We passed up DJ Metcalf, DK Metcalf. We passed up DK Metcalf and T Higgins for Hollywood Brown. Okay. A couple years ago, we go and draft Rashad Bateman. Hollywood Brown lasted here three years. I'm sorry, four years. He lasted here four years. So 
we've gone and got, gotten him, but Mark Andrews is a, is, a, is a top five tight end in football. Now, do we have this loaded firepower, you know, six deep wide receiver room where everybody is electric? No. Did we give him anything to work with this year? No. I'm not going to sit here and say that we did. Sammy Watkins and Deshaun Jackson were fantastic wide receivers in their prime, but not right now. Andy Isabella, as much as I like him, he's he played one game this year, maybe two. Um, Bateman can't stay healthy, so we haven't really done a whole lot for him. We haven't gone out and made a trade for a number one wide receiver because this team values their draft picks more so than going and flipping a, a first-round pick for a bona fide wide receiver. They'd rather, you know, piecemeal a wide receiver room together by getting guys that value prices. And it hasn't worked so far. But it, I, as, as much as I, I hate to say this, and I don't want to compare the two, but if you look at Tom Brady, and I know he's the greatest quarterback of all time, arguably, the case can be made. If you go back and look up who Tom Brady's receivers were for his first three Super Bowls, there wasn't a wide receiver one in the room. Troy Brown, Deion Branch, those guys were wide receiver three or wide receiver four on 25 other football teams. He made those players better. Pat Mahomes won a Super Bowl this year where his number one wide receiver was Marcus Valdez-Scantling. You know what I'm saying? Juju Smith-Schuster's over there, but he won a Super Bowl. I know that he had Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's a different human being. That man is on an elite level by himself. But the wide receiver room got worse. They're, they lost every wide receiver they had except for McCole Hardman. That was a complete turnover. And they were all middle-of-the-road average receivers, and he made them look incredible. So I don't want to hear the, the weapons argument 100% is the reason why Lamar hasn't been successful. At some point in time, you got to look at what is he doing. It, it, he's also has the he also has the situation now where he hasn't finished a season in three years, healthy. Twenty twenty, he had COVID. He missed a bunch of games. I think he missed three games in twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one, he missed the last six. He missed the last seven this year. So, at some point, your your best ability's got to be availability too. Yeah, I mean, you did mention the health, and I feel like part of the reason why the Ravens are hesitant to pay them more is that he's such a running quarterback. He takes more hits than a Patton Mahomes would. So guess what? He's going to get beat up more. I mean, it seems like the ball is playing on the injury report the last half of the year with like a hip, an ankle, a knee, or whatever. And, and here's the crazy thing, Dylan. All Lamar's injuries have come from getting hit in the pocket. <laughs> he he hurt his ankle in Pittsburgh in the pocket a couple years ago. He got hurt against Denver in the pocket. I was at the game that Lamar got hurt. So against the Denver Broncos this year. All of his injuries have not been from running the football. All of his injuries have been from standing in there trying to make a throw and getting hit. That's, that's the craziest part about it. 
And and you are right. If you're a team owner, are you really going to sink 250 to 300 million guaranteed dollars into a quarterback that hasn't finished a season since 2019? And even if you look at 2019 when he won the MVP, he went. The Ravens went 14 and two. He was 13 and two the entire year. He missed week 17 because they sat him because we had clinched the first round by. And then if, if you want to even get more technical, he was pulled from four other games in the fourth quarter. So he missed the equivalent of two entire games that year. And then 2018 was his rookie year where he didn't start until week nine. So the guys never played a full season of pro football. It, are you going to sink that much money into it? And then you're going to have to cut. Now, see, I know that you don't really know the Ravens roster straight through the way I do, but we're going to have to let Calais Campbell walk. We're going to have to let Ben Powers walk. Justin Houston just had a 10-sack season. He's probably going to have to walk. You're not going to be able to keep Justice Hill, who is a special teams gadget slash running back slash wide receiver. You're not going to be able to keep any of the role players that are currently waiting for a contract extension or an offer, and you're going to have to replace them with undrafted free agents, guys in the draft, or you're going to have to scrape the bottom of the barrel for veterans that are looking to hold on on a veteran rookie or veteran minimum deal again. And that is not a recipe for sustainable success. You can't do it. It, it, it does not make sense. And and then you got to look at the wide receiver room. Other than Devin DuVernay and Rashad Bateman, they're all free agents. Every one of them is a free agent. Well, Sammy Watkins isn't coming back. He criticized Lamar openly in the locker room during the playoffs. He's not coming back here. James Prochet is not coming back here. Deshaun Jackson got cut before the year was out. He's not coming back here. So you have a Rashad Bateman who has missed the equivalent of a 17-game season in two years for foot injuries. And then you have Devin DuVernay who finished this season on the IR with a, with a foot injury. So you're doing Lamar Jackson no favors if he does indeed return. You're going to have a bunch of ragtag random pieces again, Dylan. Yeah, that that's not, but it's the business of the NFL. So, do other quarterback deals factor into what the ball camp wants or what the Ravens want? Because you mentioned the Sean getting the fully guaranteed deal from Cleveland last year, Josh Allen, uh, and then potentially this year with Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert and Jamin Hurts all getting master deals. Do you think those potential quarterback deals maybe jack up this Lamar's price, or was Lamar a different category than those guys? Oh no, he's not a different category. He's paying attention to what they're doing because every time a quarterback gets paid, theoretically and probably in reality, his price goes up because other than Actually, not other than he's got more individual accolades than every one of those guys. Every one of the quarterbacks that's eligible to be paid, he's he's better than if you if you line up the MVP talk 
and the win-loss percentage, Lamar's got a legitimate case. Now, the Bengals are probably going to make Joe Burrow one of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Jalen Hurts is probably going to make an excess of $45 million a year. Herbert, they're talking about giving Herbert $290 million. That was one of the early reports. That was one of the early reports. So here's the thing. He's not going to sign on the dotted line when these guys start getting negotiated because he's going to, they're going to reset the market every single time they sign. And if you look at the, 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 the contracts from last offseason, Aaron Rodgers got $50 million a year from the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is a four-time MVP. He's a Super Bowl champion. And he's been in this league for damn near 20 years. Aaron Rodgers, if anything, I know that he has a terrible playoff record. I know that he he's choked away at least up two other Super Bowl opportunities himself. But yeah, you can you can your accolades and your and your accomplishments, he can stand on fifty million a year and and demand it. After Watson got his guaranteed money, Russell Wilson signed in Denver for 197 over six years. He didn't get all that guaranteed. Kyler Murray signed for 170 or something like that. He didn't get all of it guaranteed. So the two big quarterback or the three big quarterback contracts that came after Deshaun Watson. None of them were fully guaranteed. So the precedent was set by the Browns, but other teams aren't following it. So what makes Lamar Jackson think that the Ravens, out of all teams, are going to follow the precedent when three other organizations paid their star quarterbacks and didn't give them fully guaranteed contracts? Maybe Lamar's just stuck in and thinks, you know what? Deshaun Watson's similar quarterback to me. He can he can run the ball, maybe not like Lamar, but Lamar, but Deshaun's a dual threat quarterback, and he may think, you know what? If he got a fully guaranteed deal, I'm getting a fully guaranteed deal where nobody's getting. Even Mahomes didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. And Mahomes has been to five straight AFC Championship games. He's been in what three or four Super Bowls already? Three Super Bowls. And he's won two of them. He's two and one in the Super Bowl. He hasn't missed an AFC championship game since 2000 and what? 17? Yeah, his first year in the, the league, league, and he didn't even start that year. Exactly. So every year that he's been a starting quarterback, he has been either in the Super Bowl or at the doorstep of the Super Bowl. And he didn't get a fully guaranteed deal. He actually made his deal to where the Chiefs still had room to sign other people. And the thing is, I know Lamar wants his money. Lamar might get $250, $260 million guaranteed, but it's going to be in another city. There's a team or two out there that think that they are a Lamar Jackson away from winning a couple Super Bowls. We're going to have to find a sucker somewhere, Dylan. <laughs> and and honestly, he doesn't want to – he he's made it clear he doesn't want to leave, but he wants, he, wants to, he wants to have it both ways. He wants to be paid and he wants to stay. This it's, one, it's, one of, it's one or the other. This the whole one is cake and eat it too? Pretty much. Uh, if, if you're looking at it, 
if if they can meet somewhere in the middle and get him 220 guaranteed on a 250 million dollar contract, get it done. I I like Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is fantastic. I I've been a Lamar fan since he was in college, and I'm not saying that because he's my quarterback, but I mean the dude won the Heisman when he was 17 years old. If we can all think about what we were doing at 17 years old, that is an incredible feat. He's one of the only players in the entire history of the league to win a Heisman and a unanimous MVP. The dude is a baller. I'm not going to sit there and deny that. I'm not going to say that he sucks. Is he a perfect quarterback? Not by any means. But either get it done, come to the table and negotiate in good faith, or be prepared to be shipped to whatever team is willing to give the Ravens the highest draft and player compensation possible. He's not not going to get a choice on where he goes. That's the whole thing. He has the leverage on not signing the tag and sitting out. But we have the leverage on where he plays next. He's either going to play here on the tag, or we're going to trade him to the highest bidder. And that highest bidder might be somebody like the Detroit Lions, the Atlanta Falcons, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New York Jets. Whoever loses out on the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes might go all in on Lamar. And then you're talking about the Ravens having the possibility of getting three first-round picks plus more picks in return. And, and three first-round picks on top of your own three, having six the next three years, plus maybe another two and another five or another four, you're totally revamping your football team. 100% all the way through, you're revamping your football team because you can, you can cover a lot of things with six first-round picks. You can find your next quarterback. You can find your next left tackle. You can find yourself a bona fide wide receiver. You can package those picks and go get somebody like Michael Pittman Jr. Or you can go and trade for somebody like Mike Williams or Amon Ross St. Brown or somebody of that that ilk. I'm not saying that they're available for trade. But you can you can do a lot with the capital that you would gain, gain from Lamar Jackson. And I'm looking at it realistically. And it pains me because it would be crazy to see Lamar Jackson in another uniform this soon in his career. So ultimately, what do you think happens with Lamar? Do you think he uh, basically? Do you think the Ravens put the franchise tag on him and he oh, just they have to. stays away, or will Baltimore end up trading them all? Well, they're going to have to tag him in order to trade him because. There's getting to a point now where Lamar Jackson is the focal point of every talking head on ESPN and Fox Sports every almost every single day since the Super Bowl. And there's always new reports coming out about what he turned down last year, what he's turning down this year. Lamar's going to have to eventually see it. If he doesn't want to leave Baltimore, he's going to have to play ball a little bit. And I'm not saying take a team-friendly deal where you're getting paid $180 million. That's not what I'm saying. But you're going to have to play ball or they're going to trade you. And if you don't want to get traded, then you've got to do something. You've got to find a common middle ground. You've got to find a middle ground somewhere it's just, or it's never going to work. And I honestly believe he ends up getting traded. He's going to get tagged. This is going to reach a boiling point. The, the combine's coming up very soon. Most of the time, big deals and big trades happen at the Combine where all the general managers and owners are in one location 
it's kind of like the winter meetings for baseball. And um, I think he gets a dealt. I really do believe we've seen the last game Lamar Jackson has played as a Baltimore Raven. If he is a Baltimore Raven this year, I will be uh, completely shocked because I think this, this situation is beyond repair at this point. And I think the Ravens are going to find a team that will give us what we want. And I have been saying this on my show for a while, Dylan. Um, I truly believe Lamar's an Atlanta Falcon next year moving forward. And I do think that the, the Falcons send us three firsts, A.J. Terrell, and possibly Desmond Ritter and some late-round picks. And we ship Lamar and a couple late-round picks back to them. That's where I truly see it happening. Ooh, I mean, I, that would be something to see the mall, Tyler Algier, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts on that fast Atlanta culpit. But the thing is, their defense isn't, isn't built for a Super Bowl right now. Yeah, but yeah the Falcons right don't have a defense. They don't have a defense. So the thing is, with the it's a double-edged sword, Dylan, because any team that trades for Lamar is mortgaging their immediate future the next three seasons, at least the next three seasons. And then you're going to have to pay him in excess of $50 million a year. Now I know general managers can structure the contracts to where the cap hits like $7 million the first year and then 25 the next year, but it all adds up. You're going to have to pay that man an annual average of 50 million plus. And then you're trading away your next three first round draft picks plus a couple players. We're not going to let Lamar go for anything less than what the, the, the Texans got for Watson. You're going to have to leave in about 15 minutes. All right, Matt. So thanks for hopping on this morning. Uh, no problem, man. Thanks for having hope, me. 